0: Hell yeah, man. Shitballing ideas back and forth.
1: Hippie science. Right. right. It's not science science. It's almost like I'm trying to call for just people to just be better. That we could have some kind of study on these types. of people. Her mother was on board, I guess. Of course yeah. she was. She got pretty and... room and
0: board and didn't have to fuck the
1: man to do it. My <laughs> devil's advocate type stance here. See so you, Jessica. And you're Seth. And this is the Hippie Science Variety Hour been thinking about death (laughs) a lot
0: still on death guys. still hung up on it
1: it's still halloween for us
0: promise that eventually we'll have a happy light topic probably
1: not yeah but you know whatever they're gonna be (laughs) (laughs) so last week we talked a lot about accepting your mortality this week we go beyond mortality (laughs) yes this week we're talking about the afterlife we're talking about what happens to your body once you've uh, maybe crossed over into the the great void of the afterlife?
0: You're putting it so pretty. When you die, people, like, what happens when you're dead?
1: What's wrong with a little bit of pretty language?
0: I mean, but you don't have, like, you can. It's fine. I think it's part of the problem that we saw with, like, with research, though, is that we try to make death so pretty now. The reality of it is not pretty.
1: No, it's not. But I mean that that doesn't mean we can't, you know, have a little poetry about it.
0: No, I'm I'm just giving you shit. You
1: give me give me all the shit you want. I'm going to. <laughs> Honestly. Listen, all the different ways we research for burial options and you're not going to act like there's some prettiness to this because some of those are absolutely They're beautiful. beautiful. They really are. and They're poetic. Really very,
0: very. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Listen. Okay, fair <laughs>
1: enough. If you're going to become a coral reef.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> saving the world.
0: I mean, after death. So, what was your, I guess, so to say, favorite burial option that you came across?
1: Mine was definitely one of the more normal ones. Okay. Um, The one where they put you in a shallow grave, basically just wrapped in a shawl, Mm -hmm. and then maybe plant a tree over you. Yeah. I, I just like that. I like the thought of there being a tree, and, you know, maybe you could put a little plaque on the tree, versus just throwing a rock on the ground on top of your body. Yeah. Right? plant a tree the tree grows it can be a big beautiful tree and i mean if your relatives really want to once the tree's grown up some they can come and take you know whatever whatever the part of the tree that's going to grow whether it's a you know a conifer or a you know an oak or whatever they can take maybe an acorn and plant it on their property and they Mm -hmm. can have a little piece of your tree growing with them
0: yeah I really, I mean, that's what, that's what I want done. It was the most natural way Mm -hmm. that I can even fathom, but some of the more interesting ones that we came across, I really dig the idea of doing something with your ashes. If you do the cremation route and there were... Some that I saw that they put them in organite, like the pyramids and stuff that our friend oh, yeah. does.
1: Yeah, those things that you love so much.
0: Yeah, they put them in that, or um, even tattoo ink, or which I'm not.
1: That doesn't. Sit I well don't with know me.
0: how safe that is.
1: Exactly. I feel like your tattoo ink should probably be about as pure as it can be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I would have to talk to someone in the industry and ask them about like the protocol with that. Like, if that's something that tattoo artists frown upon being within the industry
1: i think a, a lot of them probably would
0: i would see it, I, I could see it being an issue
1: yeah also i mean it would have to be a vanishingly small amount wouldn't it
0: i mean like the ma- the amount you get back even from cremation is a small amount
1: yeah it's small but it's still i mean you've seen how small those little tattoo ink
0: yeah you yeah. know those things are vials are
1: and they're i mean i mean imagine it would literally putting ashes be, in those and it clumping up
0: it would be less than a cigarette ash like Way the less. amount that you would put yeah. in, yeah. But um, even with the uh, sending your ashes to space, you're sending one gram of human one
1: remains. gram for what, like five grand,
0: if that.
1: Like was, more than that. How much was it?
0: It was. It got up to like ten thousand dollars, man. See, that's that's absurd. It's
1: it's crazy to me. And look, I understand people wanting to give people a good send off. And right. if you're having a traditional funeral, it probably would cost about that. It does. Yeah. But damn.
0: That's just. That seems I also an extravagant way to go.
1: It's it's extremely extravagant. <laughs> yes. it's very extra. Um, and it also there's just something in me the the weird you know, sort of. The fact that they. Knowingly overfuel the rockets that they shoot into space, mm-hmm. and this this industry exists because they, already know that they overfuel them and they can take on extra cargo. Right. I'm like, why are we just supporting that? Why are they doing that, number one?
0: And it's not just, like, so I watched that, the movie that we watched. What was it? That HBO documentary? Yeah.
1: Alternate Endings? Yeah. Yeah, it was great.
0: And, um, the, it's not just like they send this specialized rocket into space with all these loved ones pieces on it, like you're- um, ashes, what have you, your little vials.
1: No, it's a rocket they were already going to shoot.
0: Yeah, it's got other shit on it. Like, yeah. it's not it, any... It, it seems super so impersonal. unsacred.
1: Yeah, and there's, like, a whole group of people gathered to put their each little one gram on there.
0: Like a I mean, little pill bottle full of... That just, it seems so... Now, I mean, like, I don't want to seem like if you think that that's the route you want to go that you know, well, shit on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to poetry, shooting your ashes up into the stars is very poetic. It really is. (laughs) Especially if you're a person who was always into, you know, maybe stargazing Mm -hmm. or constellations or what have you. But it really... I think there's something to be said to have a place on the planet that your family can go back and visit. Really? I really do. Okay. Even if it's a place where they know that they scattered your ashes, Mm -hmm. it's... It's like, it gives them a sense that you're, I mean, there's a physical <laughs> going, representation. As woo, going as woo as we want, right? It really feels like, going there is feels like visiting the spirit of the person, kind of, you know? Okay. Whereas, if it's just up there, scattered among the stars, you know, maybe you really feel like there's someone, you know, they're up there with you, looking down at you all the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean a lot of people just get that from their religion anyway.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean a lot of what you what someone plans on doing with their body after death plays into their religious beliefs as well. And Hugely. what and what you believe is after life. You know, obviously if you adhere to a religion that is believing with the rapture and bodies rising out of the grave, you will not destroy the human body um yeah that one
1: was always weird to me it's i I, I mean not not to cause offense to people i know not at all they take great the the logic of it like just i mean they're gone after especially if you don't embalm
0: right they're going pretty fast yeah really fast i mean and just the i can remember a kid being a kid and hearing that story and like imagining it that would be terrifying Just all of a sudden, all these bodies are popping out of the freaking grave and, like, people are shooting off into space.
1: What? But, I mean, also, there's, like, brimstone and monsters. Yeah, and and a a
0: foot steps down out of heaven and they blow it.
1: Oh, please let me be gone by then. You know, one of the really interesting things to me is, like, I I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. And most of, you know, in this area where we live, most people are Protestant. You grew up Protestant. Right. Right. That um, thing
0: y'all do with paying after death is real weird to me. I can't I remember really what they don't really do
1: that so much anymore.
0: They did like so when I was younger and with a different person, um he had a family member that died and it was like an extended family member and they were Catholic and we had to raise funds for them afterwards. Really? Yeah, what is that called? Penance? Uh is that no, what it's no. Called? no. No, that's not it.
1: No, so basically, I for, I forget what that's called, but it's 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 like a form of tithing kind of. I know
0: it's frowned upon now. Um,
1: more so, so what what they're doing? This was one of the ways the church used to extort people, um, way back when when they were really riding roughshod over Europe, mm-hmm. is they would say, "Damn, you know, there's this thing that's not in the Bible, but it totally exists called purgatory." Yeah, and you know, we're the church. We can we can. Put some pretty good prayers in for your loved one to get out of purgatory. Because basically, you know, you're not supposed to be able to get into heaven if if you die in any state of sin, really. Right. Now, if you die in a state of what Catholics call mortal sin, which would be like murder Mm -hmm. or, you know, something very serious, you would go straight to hell. But if you have uh, lesser sins, which they call venial sins or venial sins... um. Then you go to purgatory. So, I remember as a kid being absolutely terrified, like right after, you know, because you start having. They call it reconciliation. It's when you go to confession. Mm-hmm. So you go to confession. You tell the priest your sins, and he gives you a penance, which is what you're thinking about. That's and that's the Hail Marys. And yeah, that's our like fathers. you know, say ten Hail Marys, yeah. three Our Fathers. You know, really most of the time you just walk right out into the church, hit a pew, get on your knees. Say the prayers, and you walk out, and people are like, "Oh, so that you're cleansed after that." Mm-hmm. Um, and if you die right after that, then you should be good, you right? Know, shot right to the top, as long as you didn't keep any secrets from the priest. Supposedly, Ooh. yeah. Oh, um, Man. but most people, you know, walking out of the church might trip over a branch of someone left on a sidewalk and be like oh fuck right now now you're going to hell now we're going to purgatory oh purgatory okay yeah because it's a little and sin yeah the old the old ways of the church are like hey so you pay the church and the church will pray for your loved one who's in purgatory and as long as enough people are praying for that person then they get out of purgatory and they go to heaven right but if not enough people are, then they're stuck in purgatory.
0: Yeah, when the family explained that to me, they didn't like my jokes.
1: No, like, I was like, <laughs> "Excuse me, what?" I haven't heard of anyone doing that. No, I literally
0: asked them, So, how much is the going right to get into heaven these days? I was like, "Yeah." So, how much? What's the goal? What, right? How many fucks did he say before he went?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no way for you to know either. Right. So, no,
0: they, and they told they're like, "We just you just raise money." I'm like, "But how much?" You just, you just raise money much? as much as you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you can put a new wing on the, on the new, uh, you know, church that they're they're trying to build, you know, if you can put a new, a big a new, new statue mm-hmm. behind the altar, then you're probably, probably doing all right. Yep. But you know, if you're coming from a modest little family and you know, you can only buy them a couple of chalices, you know, they might not try that hard.
0: They, they might not
1: pray as hard for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's straight out extortion. It's freaking wild. It is. And look, no no hate to Catholics, right? I mean, that was a huge part of my growing up. I mean, even since since you've known me, I'm not really religious anymore. Right. But it's still I still to this day call myself culturally Catholic because my family um is Catholic and it's still like a lot of the common language and like celebrations that we have err on the the side of Catholicism. Right. And it's still like a. A sort of com- comforting thing, and well, just you're that it's so. It.
0: It's your roots. Yeah. I mean, it would just be like I mean, you take any kind of comfort in something from your childhood, you know? Like, especially something if, if you were raised in a religion that it didn't go bad for you, you know, I could see why it would always be a comfort.
1: Yeah. You know? And it never yeah. went bad for me. I just right. kind of talked myself out of it. Right. Right. It goes bad for a lot of people around here because I feel like. So I feel lucky to have been raised Catholic in a predominantly Protestant area. because right. Yeah. That it, sort of made the Catholics nicer because a lot of the Protestants are like assholes. Mm-hmm. Like they are real mean to the people in their own churches.
0: Yeah, they and are. And the
1: Catholic Church is known to be in more Catholic areas.
0: My problem has always with religion has always lied with the people and with the organization of it. That I don't think that religion, regardless of what you worship, what you believe in, what you think your soul is and who created us. I don't think that it's something that is meant to be a organized fashion with these rules and these regulations and some man standing up and telling me what I'm supposed to do and not do. When nine times out of ten, those are pretty bad people.
1: A lot of times they're they're terrible. They really are. And, and and the problem is they're on a power trip.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And you know it really. I really, I get I get a real streak in me where I really want to talk bad about a lot of these people because of that. I mean, especially in this. I mean, we're firmly in the Bible Belt. Yeah, we are. Deep and in it. Deep. We see we see the worst. Of the worst I mean the churches run the towns here, no question.
0: It's weaponized religion.
1: So it much. really is. Right. It's
0: where if you say Jesus with the right emphasis and go to the right church and know the right people, you, can, you can get be away governor. with anything. Yeah. You can be governor, right. Yeah. I you mean, can be sheriff for damn sure well. Yeah,
1: for damn sure. And you know, I really in our last episode I said, um, if your religion's that fucking stupid, then the show probably isn't for you, right? <laughs> and I have been thinking about that a lot. Like that that line has been on my mind because it's pretty brutal. It is pretty right? brutal. And I I don't feel good about attacking people's religion like that.
0: Yeah,
1: I really um I feel that way. certainly i feel that way but this is a total
0: non-judgment thing like we're not judgmental people we will you and i ourselves have differing differing views on a lot of different issues certainly but we find the common ground where we have it we have friends that are totally opposite and it just works because we're not judgmental people whatever you believe and whatever you want to do is fine as long as you don't try to impose it upon me.
1: Exactly. But, you know, I really um I put myself not on a guilt trip exactly, but I really, you know, I I don't like when I say things like that. Yeah. Right? Because very there there are statements. a lot of people who take a great amount of comfort. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I know someone someone who was very spiritually when I was when I was practicing Catholic was a very good spiritual religious friend of mine Mm -hmm. wasn't a woman who was older than me and she lost her daughter in a a car accident right and after she lost her daughter she was I mean she was literally I mean her body like she got so physically ill from the grief that she was not okay for a long time you can literally
0: die from a broken heart you
1: act I mean she was really in bad shape yeah you
0: literally can
1: yeah and I know her religion is a big part of what brought her back, right? Mm-hmm. So, what a piece of shit I would be to try to try right, and talk to her out to, of that. And
0: to try to take that away from her. Yeah.
1: And there's... I mean, to bring us back to the topic of the episode, so many people are only coping with their illness or whatever it may be because they feel like, you know, there's a golden archway at the end of the tunnel.
0: And their Just, mortality. Like, if you... If you have some kind of belief that something continues after death, it's easier to accept it for a lot of people.
1: For a lot of people. It is. So I would say I'm the exact opposite. Really? Yeah. I want it to be a hard stop. I want there to be nothing. I want it to be lights out, camera stopped, mics off. Yeah. Shows over. I don't exist anymore the way I didn't exist before I was born. Okay. Right. To me, that's the most comforting thing.
0: Because the unknown, like the what could there be, is that it?
1: Yeah. And that also seems like the most likely thing to me. Okay. Because.
0: In a logical sense, too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. But then, you know, we've been doing research about this.
0: okay, so logically I understand that. However, to get into our hippie science side. Yeah. Energy, you can't destroy energy we are energy energy so what happens so in your mind like if, if you can't destroy energy which we agree on that right
1: yeah it can't be created or destroyed right yeah it's
0: only like displaced
1: yeah but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to continue on in the same patterns right okay so you it's think like that when you, whatever when you the eat. life
0: force is is returned back to mother earth i guess
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's energy, right? But it's like when you eat a piece of spinach, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to eat that spinach, the carbohydrates in that spinach are going to be broken down, you're going to absorb them, and the carbohydrates are basically going to be, you know, they're going to be broken into simpler sugars, and those sugars are going to be broken apart and made into separate molecules of ATP, which is just the basic unit of energy that the cells run off of, and, you know, you can, you know, if you want to get really hippy-dippy about it, you can say, now I've made uh, some resonant frequency within my brain, right, that is going to continue echoing through molecules that weren't necessarily the same as my own, right? Mm-hmm. But those that make up your physical body aren't going to stay together at all. It's like, it's kind of like how we're all made out of stardust, right? I'm not really asking
0: about the physical body, though, I guess, in this sense. Like, we can all agree that once you're dead, your physical body is no longer, period. Yeah. Okay. So, what happens to the energy that is your soul in a situation, like you're saying, where it's just lights out? It's just stops existing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Okay. I mean... You think about what what would our soul be, right, other than the series of electrical um, impulses that are happening in our brain that make us who we are, mm-hmm. right? That's not too hard to argue, is it?
0: I feel like it's oversimplification of it. What else would it be? See, I feel like, I guess that is a different, like the differentiate. What am I trying to say?
1: You, you feel like a ghost went into the meat shell and animated no, it, whereas no. I feel like the ghost comes arises from the activity of the meat shell.
0: No. Um, I believe that our soul is bigger than our body, that it is um, what you feel when you encounter someone. Mm-hmm. um the thing like when you when you see a picture of somebody and you're like dude that's a sleazeballer man that looks like a really kind person I feel like that's your soul there the extension of you that is the most you does that yeah. make sense like okay like if it if we have candles on the table because we are just being really in the spirit I guess set in the mood
1: whatever Yeah, I mean, a good aesthetic is great.
0: Exactly. And we can see each other's faces, so it makes it easier to talk across the table. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) So if we were saying the candle was the body, okay, the soul would be the light. Not only the light within the candle holder, Mm -hmm. but also the light that's reflected without. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: I see what you're saying. I just, um, you have to light the candle. Totally agree. If the candle were to light itself.
0: um, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I totally get you. I think that really it's a choice and it's a thing in my mind that I decide to choose to believe that it's not just lights out. That's
1: fine. Look, you know, I I have no objection to that, right?
0: And I, and I have no objection to the theory that it could just be lights out. It very well could be. Yeah. It could be that we are reincarnated and that our souls go through this process of being almost a recycled life force and, you know, put back onto the planet in whatever life form. It could be that you go to a heaven, a hell, or a purgatory it, you could go to Valhalla for all I know. Like, Which
1: would be pretty fucking cool. It really would.
0: <laughs> I am down to go to the Hall of Heroes with Freya any day of the
1: week. Any day. Any day. Yeah. No, look, I'm I'm with you completely. And, I mean, there's, um. so we watched that TED Talk with that biophysicist. Yeah. Right. Joyce. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I almost majored in biophysics. Really? Yeah. I was going to go to, um. I was thinking really hard about going to Northeastern University in Boston. Mm-hmm and um Boston did I say it? <laughs> uh, I don't know
0: if you said it like that but I heard it like that
1: yeah look when I lived up north I took that accent on and sometimes it still just comes out oh god I'll,
0: I will make so much fun of you
1: look if I move back it'll happen you
0: have to promise me if my accent changes when I move that you'll make fun of me
1: yeah I will okay yeah absolutely <laughs> look if if I move back to New York it's going to happen. I will make so much fun and of you. Seth. You can listen. When I came back, people gave me so much shit. I
0: will give you so much shit. Every fun. time fun. Look,
1: it it was fun for me. I'm I'm kidding. Like, when <laughs> I'm not kidding. When I was driving back south, uh, through Virginia, actually, that was the first time I I saw <laughs> I heard uh, a southern accent. A twang of a southern one. Oh yeah. my uh-huh. god! I was standing at the counter. At a gas station and a Wendy's. Uh, a Wendy's and a gas station. Mm-hmm. A gas station <laughs> and, and a Wendy's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a Wendy's and a gas station. Starving. I'd been driving for like, you know, 10 hours. Yeah. And this, this, so, she was as sweet as she could be too. But she was, ex- like she was deep Mississippi Southern, mm-hmm. right? Like not, not like Virginia Southern the way that you would expect. She was super, super country. Yeah. And I almost laughed in her face Not trying to be mean, it just caught me so off guard because I hadn't...
0: Because you hadn't heard it.
1: Yeah, and I didn't sound like I was from here, you know? So I was really tripping balls on that, but I'll I'll change. You're going to text
0: (laughs) me and I'll be like, don't talk to me in that accent. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) I'll start sending voice texts just to bother you. (laughs) drop the accent mississippi boy <laughs> no, I'll, go, <laughs> I'll move back to the bronx and sound like i'm from north jersey no immediately just because that that was the worst part though i moved to new york city but i sounded like i was from jersey because all my friends were from fucking jersey <laughs> stop sorry dude i know i've been off mic like uh terrible all day i think i'm getting sick it's
0: it's that time of year, man. You wake up in the morning, it's 30 degrees. By the afternoon, it's 70. What the fuck are our bodies supposed yeah, really, to do? Yeah, really, what are we
1: supposed to do?
0: I mean, my God, it's ridiculous.
1: But, no, really. So, what? Well, how did we get on that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, biophysics. Right, right, right. So, I was going to study biophysics. I thought it was really cool. I looked into it. It seems really hard. (laughs) Um, The people who study biophysics are very fucking smart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, this biophysicist who had been a a researcher, I guess, for some amount of time, um, was cleaning her house one day. We're going to link the TED Talk. Yeah, of course. Um, She knocked something off her mantle, hit her in the head. She fell out for a period of time that people don't usually come back from. She was like
0: 13 minutes.
1: No, it was like an hour and a half.
0: Oh, I thought she was like dead for 13 minutes.
1: No, she was... No one found her. Oh, No one found her. She woke up in her house with dried blood on her head. Holy shit. So she had been lying there long enough to have dried blood. Dried blood. blood. Yeah. And she had no previous belief in near-death experiences. She she said she had never heard of them because they weren't in style yet. It was the 70s. (laughs) right so
0: she's such a doll like
1: yeah she was just like every
0: if you would want to have that that lady you would want to have as your grandmother
1: yeah absolutely so she has the what we now recognize as the typical near-death experience the floating down a tunnel Mm -hmm. the bright light at the end right when she gets to the end there's relatives there's a being of light um that she can communicate with and she doesn't really go into detail of how it ended, but she woke up. Mm-hmm. And according to her... Now, I don't know how she knows this. This is one of the things that kind of bothers me about it, right? She comes to the conclusion she was clinically dead, but if no one found her, right, I don't know why she would have stopped being clinically dead. Right. Um, There, there seems to be a little bit of a hole in that story. Mm-hmm. That's what but you're saying. it's still interesting.
0: But, I mean does there have to be proof for that? Like, so it just be a story? A good there, story? It is It is just a story. Like it, but it doesn't have to be... Like, there doesn't have to be an accountable witness to... Or do you think it does? Actually, in that situation, it probably does. That's a pretty or, big claim. Yeah.
1: So, so, okay. So, the reason that video is interesting, right, is because this is a scientist...
0: Credible ...making woman. scientific
1: claims. Right. Right. And... I'll say, she's not necessarily making scientific claims about that. She's saying, I had this experience, and it made me interested in energies and things of that nature. Right. Right. She got
0: into, like, healing therapies and... Yeah, like a shaman. Yeah. So... A Reiki she, master kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is I mean, you would never expect someone like that. To she was go, totally
0: doing remote energy work. Like I don't care what kind of fancy term yeah. she was calling it. I know I mean, what that that's is. That's what she
1: was calling it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but pretty much. Yeah. She was talking about sending healing energy yeah, to people.
0: Remote energy work. At the
1: end of the video, she says, Imagine crawling up to the top of a mountain and just sending out compassion to the world. Mm-hmm. Right? So she she says this and I I, I do just want to point out... uh, I take a little bit of issue. I think it's very interesting, her story. But... The reason it's compelling is because it's coming from a scientist, but she's not talking about anything that was in any kind of a controlled scientific experiment. Right? There was no one there to monitor her vitals. The
0: death experience. Right. Right. But the other things that she did, there were actual brain waves and things like that that they monitored during her healing exercises, and they showed a difference in the delta waves in her and the alpha in another woman.
1: Yeah, so I'm not going to talk too much about the waves. Oh, dude, I thought it was cool as shit. Well, I'm going to talk vaguely about them, because I don't want to get the details wrong, and I don't want to say I know which ones are which, because I don't really remember. Oh, I don't don't want to, like, quote it, but that, yeah. yeah. Once upon a time, when I was studying neuroscience, I could talk a lot more, um, you know, knowledgeably about it, but it's been years since I... Had to know which waves did what.
0: Yeah, I don't remember all of it.
1: Yeah. So, basically, she went from this experience saying, I feel like there's something more. Definitely something right? more.
0: Like, she's 100% sure. She's she a very sure certainly seems
1: it. to think she died. Right. And then and she had
0: this experience, and it was an afterlife. Yes. Very heaven-like description.
1: Very traditional heaven-like description, mm-hmm. and I would also like to point out she had a very traditional heaven-like description, coming from a non-religious background. Right. So that's important. For and the ex-
0: before and the time period before that it was story just something was on TV. highly popularized. Right yeah. before it was a you know a, a punchline in a sitcom to go through right. the tunnel and see the light.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the the issue I take with just that part is because it's coming from a scientist, people. Take their word for it. Oh, so, okay, yeah, that she gets more yeah,
0: credibility just because, more credibility of because of her credentials. She gets more credibility
1: because of her credentials. Gotcha, right? yeah. And I, I don't know her credentials. You know, I, I meant to look it up before we started recording. But she can have this story. And she can say, I experienced, I had a near-death experience. But she can't say, someone was there to take my vitals. And someone was there to revive me. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't understand how a person's dead for an hour and a half and then just wakes up unless whatever that being of light she was talking to just said, Wake up. Right, right. Right. She might have been unconscious.
0: I see what you're saying.
1: And had a dream Mm -hmm. that was very similar to the near death experiences that we hear about now.
0: But how do okay, so how does somebody with your views on the afterlife. Explain things like I mean there was that whole college that studied the, you know like that studied children with previous life stories. So how have you not Remind studied? me. Uh So there was this uh researcher that went around and it just started and then it became like a dadgum I can't remember which school it was. But um Collected stories of these different children that had previous life experiences. One of them that was really really cool was the an incense maker. Mm-hmm. So this kid grew up, um, I think it was in India, and um, he was I don't know I think it was like three or four when they were telling this like because they're obvious he's not telling the story it's obviously right. like a, telling it. So in the story he's about three or four years old and somehow has this amazing ability for this, like a master craftsman level on hand rolling incense. Evidently, that's a really hard process. I looked into it. and actually is like, it's not as easy as you think. Right. <clears throat> his family, like the child's family was not anything with incense, nothing like that. The child kept insisting his name was something else. They look it up and find out that this man died that was a master hand-crafted incense roller. And the child would, had his memories, went to the village, picked out his family, said, that's where I used to work, that's where I used to live, and knew who the family was.
1: Well, that's really cool, right? Uh, so I don't know that story well enough to, to, to comment much at all other than saying that's really cool. I
0: have another one that was really cool.
1: Okay. Okay, so there
0: was these twin girls, and this was in the U S Okay, and, um, they died. They were hit by a car. They were, um, out walking, what have you, and were hit by a car and they died. So the mother got pregnant again with twins again. And she kept saying throughout the pregnancy that this was going to be, you know, like not the replacement children, but this was going to be those children returning to them.
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's spooky. <laughs> Yeah, when you don't that know like your a middle a mother.
0: <laughs> Low key witchcraft. Um. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But so she has the twins, right? They're two girls. They have the same kind of personality that mm-hmm. the other daughters had. They never told them, obviously, when they were young, that they had previous children but the two girls whenever they were walking they and if they were walking on the road they would grab each other's hand and hold each other and say um it's coming after us that the car's going to get us this time it's going to get us it's going to get us and they would have like panic attacks about it and um they even had birthmarks where the other twin girls had as well which is just so the the crazy. birthmarks
1: the birthmarks are weird i feel like that could probably be some you know weird biological explanation. Maybe. 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 There's a
0: whole train of thought that birthmarks are how you died in a previous life. Well, fine. That that's your, like, if you had um, some kind of injury or something, that 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 shows you where you, what your injury was kind of thing.
1: Well, that is very woo. Yeah, it is very woo. (laughs) So, I would say, though, um, very likely that the parents of these twins were terrified their twins were going to get hit by a car again, okay. And that they and programmed
0: that fear into them,
1: maybe unconsciously. Yeah. Okay. Because that's that's a thing people people say you know when you are, um, taking care of a baby right. Mm-hmm. If you're really anxious, you pass that anxiety onto the baby right. Maybe if a baby's crying a lot, yeah. If you know if you are a ball of anxiety, you know it's a big problem with women who have postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Maybe the baby can um, feel that energy. Yeah, the baby is is. I think it affects the way that they're interacting with the baby. It does. And, I mean, we can even try and tie it back to the biophysics woman, right? Um, Which we'll expand on more in a second, right? But I I was just at a family gathering recently, and they were talking about how um, when my dad was a, or my dad or my uncle, one of them, when he was a baby, uh, his aunt had to come because his mom was just wound up I mean, yeah. as, as tight as she could be. Mm-hmm. And the baby would not stop crying, Yeah, being my dad or my uncle, whichever one it was. And she, my grandmother had to call her sister. And her sister came and took care of the baby. And because she was just normal, you know, she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm coming to visit my sister. I'm going to help her take care of her baby. Yeah. As soon as she started taking care of the baby, the baby calmed down.
0: That happened my, with Drake, with my nephew. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, when he was born... My sister-in-law had postpartum really bad, um, and I had never had any experience with it at all. Like Postpartum? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah, because- Not he, having had children. Well,
0: I mean, well, no <laughs> one in my life had ever dealt with it either. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't know what yeah. it was. I had, I was so young. I mean, my God, we were in our tw- young, like 20. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I really, I didn't know anybody that had a child and had dealt with it. And, um... That's some serious stuff, man. Like,
1: oh, it's hardcore. He
0: would, and and just getting him away from that energy, he would calm down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So tying tying this back to biophysics mm-hmm. or whatever this woman was doing after she had this near death experience quotes near death near death experience right
0: her energy work
1: her energy work yes yeah. so she went off to visit the shaman and. Whatever this shaman was doing made her feel much, much better about a lot of things in her life. She worked with the shaman for like seven years. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back to her scientific work, whatever. She didn't exactly get get into specifics as to what she did. But she said she worked with clients and... Research. Some Yeah, some sort of research with different universities. So... When she starts working with clients, she did, um, she would you know put sensors on their head to monitor. It's called a EEG, mm-hmm. right? Brainwave um, activity. Yeah, monitors their neurons, mm-hmm. and she would put an EEG on a client. She would put an EEG on herself. Um, the client would go to sleep, maybe, and then she would do her quotes energy work, and while the client was sleeping you would see changes in brainwave activity that you wouldn't normally associate with just a regular sleeping person but she would also have a changed brainwave activity in in ways that they didn't expect right um and then when the client would wake up um one specific example she uses was her this person had experienced a lot of um pain from arthritis and when this person woke up they Said their hands felt better than they had in however long. Right. Right. Another example, she wasn't even near the person. She did this sort of energy work at a distance, at a different university. She was in Seattle. I think this person was in Santa Cruz. Um, this person had been going through a really rough period in their life. They said they hadn't felt uh, a sense of calmness or well-being at all for over a year. Mm-hmm. She starts doing this energy work. They've got her hooked up to, you know, an EEG her brainwaves change, and she says, for that ten minutes that the whatever energy session she was doing was happening, she felt a sense of well-being and a sense of calmness for the first time in
0: that it rushed over her. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which I really wonder about. Knowing someone's doing that might promote a sense of wellness, right?
0: Yeah, I can see that. Just the thought of that, that happening. Someone's. Yeah. I mean,
1: you and I had a conversation just a couple of days ago about how real the placebo effect is and how, you know, someone specifically, we didn't want to burst their bubble because they seemed to be getting something out of something that I certainly thought was almost a pure placebo effect.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I kicked my mic, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the little... My bad. You're good. We're good. good. We're good. We're good. We're We're professionals. Yeah. um,
1: So... So I feel like there's a lot of variables there. Right, right? there is. But it's interesting all the same.
0: It is. I mean, and for someone to be able to show those differences when that energy work is happening,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like that just reiterates how much energy we are. So how could it ever just cease?
1: So, do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying and and this is this is what gets me sort of the most mm-hmm. the the way that people will change with you know energy work observable changes in their brain, yeah now, I wonder what would happen if they didn't know it was being done
0: okay, oh, yeah, okay.
1: So like that's where just I like you
0: had, like you had a group of people, ten people, and okay, one of you, or maybe not even tell them because they might assume they are the one. Yes. Just have a group of ten people and have someone. Okay, you pick this, you know, person, letter C, and send them energy and let's see if it happens. Exactly. That would be and really interesting, know, and
1: you don't know who it is either. Yeah,
0: that would be really interesting. Yeah.
1: So. I've had that's distant where I would like energy to
0: see. work before, and. I will be perfectly honest, if anybody is considering it, be very, very diligent in your research. Because if that is not a pot full of scam artists, I've never Oh, hell yes.
1: Oh, hell yes. So, my thing is, if it's... So, if it can inspire someone to not feel as though they have arthritis pain, then it's not a bad thing. Right. Now, saying... Use this as your treatment for your arthritis pain versus, you know, maybe treating the autoimmune disease that it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't condone that in the slightest. Right. In conjunction with, maybe.
0: I mean, if you get it from someone reputable, just speaking as somebody that has had some energy work done where you're literally just agreeing with whatever the person is saying to get them to shut the hell up so that you can just get over with the session because they think they're all of a sudden some kind of psychic that can read your deepest most emotions yeah. i mean it gets intense
1: yeah i don't i don't like that yeah
0: <laughs> it, it's a and it's a breeding ground to take care to take advantage of the kind of community that i come from and we work hard to help and represent
1: yeah and there's lots of those people, there's lots of scam artists out there. We, we've had our experience with them.
0: Yeah, and with, um, I mean, dealing with the research for this episode, I mean, you'll find them within the death industry, too. Like, that's a serious oh, yeah. problem that the markup calls from caskets and funeral arrangements and embalming and haircuts, even, and dressing the corpse, like, it gets real scammy real quick.
1: Do you want to know? how how bad that is actually so my grandfather's a barber Mm -hmm. he's been a barber for 50 years all right when someone he knew would die he would tell the family hey i'll go cut that person's hair at the funeral home to get them ready because he's been their barber for decades right right so when that person would die he would go to the funeral home and he would cut their hair, and of course, he didn't charge them. That person had been his customer for decades. It was a little right?
0: sign of respect. That's also exactly
1: yeah, yeah. And I, I always thought that was really cool. That is him. really cool. So then one day, someone walks into his barbershop. shop, and he says, "Hey, I thought you said you weren't going to charge us." And the funeral director at that particular funeral home had been charging people for the haircuts my grandfather was doing what? for years. Yes.
0: Holy crap!
1: So this is the kind of thing you find in that industry.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: And I really, it's it's one reason I'm 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 leery of a lot of the things like the um,
0: the spaceship thing. The spaceship thing that could be such because I an feel easy like scam. they're
1: really fucking people. I feel like there's a good chance those ashes aren't even on the rockets.
0: I've thought that. I thought that too when I was watching it, and honestly, like. You know they are making bank with what they
1: charge. Yes, like yes.
0: hand over fist kind of money.
1: I want to know how they, a, a private company like that, gets an agreement with NASA.
0: Seriously. Yes. But they're not. It's mostly it wasn't NASA that was doing it. Was it was NASA. No.
1: Was it not NASA? No. I feel fairly certain it was.
0: No, it's like Elon Musk material, dude. I don't think. Yeah, he has a launch pad for that specifically.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the documentary, I thought it was NASA. I mean, because to me, it seems like it, it should be, really be NASA. Easy. It seems like it would be really easy to take some guy a pill bottle full of your relative's ashes, mm-hmm. and they say, "Okay, we're going to put it on this rocket. We have this shack out here in the middle of the desert where you're going to be able to sh- see the rocket blast off." Yeah, yeah. Right, which is all they get. Mm-hmm.
0: They don't get to all put it. They there's get. no
1: way they get to put it on there themselves. No,
0: they don't.
1: So. Also, we don't know for sure whether or not this is happening. Disclaimer. <laughs> this is allegedly. Right? We're just saying there's a lot of charlatans out that
0: there. They're, we're saying that they're, we are pointing out the loopholes that could possibly exist within the system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, out of conspiracy land, <laughs> Back to afterlife, Yeah. right? So if, let's say, they were to control... Uh, The study where you're putting someone on an EEG, you're doing energy work, they don't know you're doing energy work, and their brain still changes, okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe that does show uh, some greater energy beyond ourselves that, you know, the type that you are espousing. Right. That's, that's cool. And look, I, you know, I I don't mind thinking that either, right? Because, I mean, of all the ghost stories.
0: Exactly.
1: I (laughs) mean, come on, Seth. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of ghost stories. Of are easy all people. To, yeah. A lot of ghost stories are easy to talk yourself out of, too. I they mean, are. Look, they are. I've seen a lot of lens flares on your camera.
0: I, those are not lens flares. <laughs> Damn it. Those are UFOs and ghosts. Sure. Every single one. Sure. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. Every sure single one you, of them. I'm sure them. you've never caught a speck of dust flying no. in front of your flash.
0: Nor, an in, nor any kind of insect flying. Yeah. There's spirits and orbs.
1: Spirits and orbs.
0: And aliens. And aliens, and aliens. Don't forget the aliens. Yeah, phantoms, all exactly. <laughs> you don't so, know what they're all capable of. Yeah,
1: you know, there's a lot of ghost stories. Um, and I'm cool. They're they're fun. You know, I'll I'll talk myself into them just for fun. Right? Yeah, right? yeah. I play along a lot, a lot, a lot. But at the end of the day, the evidence isn't really there strongly. Okay. Right. It's it's more. I'll I'll, I'll even say it's much more fun. To believe that something else is happening.
0: So there was this really cool
1: <clears throat>
0: movie. Shit, I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll have to look it up and I'll do it in the notes. But the whole premise of it was that someone finally proved there was an afterlife.
1: Oh, yeah. You... I saw that movie. Okay. And people were killing and themselves. Then,
0: yeah, like in droves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: they act That they proved that there was a... Pla- well, they didn't actually. In the movie, it turned out it was a huge scam. But... That so? Do you think something like that would? I think it would. I think if we ever actually got scientific proof that there is for sure something after, I think people would be much more prone to leave this life.
1: Definitely, maybe. I think Uh, it. It it depends (laughs) on maybe. (laughs) It depends on a lot. Yeah. Like like in that um in that movie, they didn't really specify whether or not there was a difference in where you go and whether you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like whether there was a
1: heaven hell type dynamic. Yeah. Right or. If that afterlife was like ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're still just a shell of what you were. If you're walking around
0: the yeah. same physical world as a specter. But... So, I don't know. I mean, like... Then again, so going deeper into a conspiracy hole of ghosts, just because I'm going to drag you because I can. Okay. Um, <laughs> So... I have this whole theory that ghosts were created not just as an explanation of what happens after death, but as a way to motivate the masses for production. Because the only people that become ghosts, theoretically speaking, are the ones with unfinished business. So, yeah, we talked about this last episode. To... No, we didn't. This was a not, conversation not this conspiracy the two theory. Of
1: us. We talked about the unfinished business. Did we? in the episode we absolutely I did. don't remember that part. Yeah, we did. Well shit. But you haven't said it was a motivator for production.
0: But I did, Yeah, that's what I think. I think it was like I think it's a tool that was derived a fairy tale that was told what have you in order to keep people productive and moving towards these goals that we put up in our lives because if you don't reach your goals, if you don't say your piece, if you don't do your thing, then you're doomed to walk the earth as this tortured soul.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I'd I'd absolutely believe that to some people. Yeah. <laughs> um The But a lot of it's personal, you know? Yeah. A lot of it's like you didn't make peace with your dad, so you know. Your, your relationship with your son wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now you can't go because you got all these fucked up relationships.
0: Yeah, but it's not always just personal. Like, it's that something was supposed to be obtained that wasn't.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I feel like most of the stories I've heard are personal, though.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Leaning towards. Or,
1: like, residual anger. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, that that's is. a big one like if someone get hanged on a bridge. Yeah. And then they leave rope in your room. <laughs> Several pieces consecutively. So, <clears throat> so, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe. I just uh this afterlife thing, I I really worry about it. I really worry that people think so much about the afterlife and that's another big reason I uh, I prefer a shift toward nothingness, mm-hmm. right? Because so many people it's like um it's like that TED talk we listened to about people who when they become terminally ill. Right. They even even once they've been told treating this, you know, with if it's cancer, treating this with chemo is not going to extend your life anymore, mm-hmm. they're angry that their doctor won't give them chemo anymore because they say you've taken my hope away. Right. That hope just goes on further. Mm-hmm. Like for a lot of people that hope is the afterlife, right, right, okay. and they will they will put themselves through the chemo of life by not living the way that they want to because they're part of a very restrictive religion or something of that you know nature,
0: because the life after is better because than because the this life way.
1: after is supposed to be better,
0: right, I see what you're saying, and yeah,
1: they will waste their life,
0: yeah, no, I totally I totally get what you're saying i I really liked... who was do you remember the name of that lady that was the video about um Living, dying, and the problem with hope.
1: Yeah, that's the one I'm I talking know, about. But what was her name? I don't remember her name. Yeah, I knew it. that's
0: what you were talking about. I was asking yeah. if you remembered her name. We're going to link it. But um, I really liked her bit that I think would be a really great piece to provide um, the audience
1: that I hope is listening to this. Right, that you're living your bucket list now.
0: Yeah, that you're living your bucket list now. And the other part where the woman was living for her, wanting to extend your life for treatment is not a reason to extend, you know, yeah, to she's, keep Yeah, she it.
1: said, um, we give medical care to extend life. We don't extend life to give medical care. Exactly. And that's what the woman wanted. Right. She wanted to live a little bit longer so she could get more treatment. So she got more chemo. Because she felt like having more treatment meant she had longer. Like, it was this weird repeating cycle that she had talked herself into. Yeah. And she had all... I mean, she was out of time.
0: Right. And that just happens. And that... I mean, it was like the previous episode. Once you accept your... You've got to accept your mortality and move past that. And then you're able to embrace... Life so much sweeter because I'm sorry. It it does make it sweeter because it has an end.
1: It does. It does. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know what we really haven't talked about? What's that? Uh, burial options. We
0: talked about a few. On we the talked top. about a couple. Yeah.
1: Right. I uh, I think some of them are really crazy, especially if we're tying in this afterlife stuff with it. So there's one uh, that we lightly alluded to where they take your ashes and they put them in like like a ball that's basically seeding coral reefs. Right and imagine so if your energy does kind of remain right quotes energy mm-hmm. <laughs> remain in like with those ashes right imagine just huge haunted coral reefs <laughs> like every little piece of coral that grows haunted forest just, with the like, trees yeah, yeah the they they did that in the gulf of mexico down i mean really near us really yeah
0: there's haunted trees
1: no, 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 no. The Gulf of Mexico with the coral reef. Oh, They're yeah, they yeah, putting yeah. a coral reef down there, which I thought you I were, were is...
0: telling me there's a forest of dead people somewhere. And I was like, Japan. "Why have we not gone?" <laughs> Japan? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that place where The people suicide hang themselves? forest? Yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. it, it really is. It really... Now, no, I'm thinking something pretty where everybody willingly was buried with trees and it's just like, "Oh, all these trees are dead people." No, not like that, they that's go That's a place Kyoto I would themselves. like to go. That the yeah. Now,
1: those are the types of cemeteries I would like to start seeing. Really? I yeah. would too. And, and I think what's going to be interesting is once things... Because I do think things are shifting that way slowly.
0: Yeah, there's right? a big movement of the good death. The order of the yeah, good death.
1: There is. Yep, And I think it's going to be really, really interesting once there's so many of those. And, I mean, those can become major forests. I really right?
0: hope they do. That would be Given just time, beautiful.
1: Just the way that thing. The I mean, the way that trees... You know, we'll multiply. And hell,
0: the rate we're right? done, I mean it should be <laughs> yeah. pretty easy. So so
1: think down the road when people want to start clear cutting those.
0: Oh, it would never happen. It like, would like no <laughs> it would happen. But think about the the fury that would rise up. Like you would mm-hmm. have environmental protections like we have never seen. That that's the cure. We just, just we just we discovered just it. it. <laughs> we figured it out. Holy shit. We turn dead people into trees. They won't kill the trees. Problem solved.
1: Yeah. You guys are welcome. (laughs) We just did it. (laughs) Everybody, Look, everybody become a tree after you die.
0: Yeah, and then we will see no more of these burning mass, you know, acres of forest and everything, because by God, if that's Aunt Josie and Grandma Josephine, we're going to be protecting them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I
0: think that's a great place to...
1: You, we just saved the world. We can stop. Yeah, the we saved the world. We're done.
0: <laughs> Work is over. What All more right. do you expect from me?
1: Well, you know, it's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's been
0: fun. That was great. Great run, guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll talk to you next time. You've been sitting here uh, practicing for a TED talk for what seems like 10 minutes. It's already awkward. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of liking <laughs> it. <laughs> I think. We've just about reached our time.
0: I think we have. So,
1: all right, everybody, go out there, get the information you need.
0: uh, We have no information on said family. (laughs) We have no information on anything. We know nothing.
1: Uh, We look forward to talking to you next time.
0: See you next time, guys.